Hello, hello, and welcome back to iZombie Radio, your podcast for the CW Vertigo show of the same name, starring Rose McIver and the probably the best cast in all of TV, <laughs> at least in my personal opinion. I'm, I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I am here with my two lovely co-hosts, Blaze and Chris. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well today. Um... Had a lot. I have a lot going on this week, but uh, yeah, I'm pumped to be here. I've got some sleep, so I'm ready to go. Sleep is always a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. for you, Chris? Yeah, everything's good, man. Just a normal week. Uh, just got done watching tonight's uh, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, which I enjoyed them both. So nothing like some uh, some good TV to get you in the mindset to talk about even more good TV. Uh, but yeah, no, life's good. I had a really, I had a really fun weekend this past weekend, uh, celebrating, uh, a couple of my friends' birthdays, um, in, uh, in, uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. We were, uh, and it was like 30 people, two straight nights of partying. So it was a little crazy, uh, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think I'm still kind of riding a, riding a little bit of high, riding a little bit of a high from that, but I also think I might've gotten a cold from that. So if I sound stuffy at all on this, uh, on this podcast, just blame all my friends. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, no worries, man. I've been stuffy since the beginning of the year, so I've been managing okay. I think I've been sounding okay, so no clear, worries on that. Clear and crisp as always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try. Uh, so we actually do not have any news this time around. Um, the show has been done filming for a while. So we won't hear anything until unless they renew the season before it starts airing. That's pretty much the only news we would be getting. Maybe some episode spoilers, but probably pretty nothing. quiet. I mean, we're like almost two months out at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm assuming we'll be getting like, some type of promo within the next couple weeks, now that, like, like the, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, so, like, The 100 comes back tomorrow night, and then, um, Riverdale just started up, so I think now that the new shows have kicked off, that the CW, you know, I'd say within a few weeks of them airing new episodes, will I think they'll probably have some type of promo, even if it's, like, a 15-second thing, uh, showing us some footage from my zombie season three but that's probably still a couple weeks away at least and we'll let you know when that happens (laughs) so with that we're going to go straight into our episode discussions for episodes four and five of season two uh episode four was even cowgirls get the black and blues and then episode five was love and basketball so we're gonna start off with episode four as usual we usually start with the in chronological Logical order, so... Let's mix it up, Sean. Let's go five first. Nah, man, that's just too confusing <laughs> on my brain. Hey, I already watched six, so... Dude, that's, uh, next, week's, that's next week's homework, man. Shush, shush! <laughs> Stop getting ahead, Blaze. Come on, stop being a show-off. I didn't watch the episode. I just can't find time to do anything. <laughs> I literally jammed a bunch of episodes in today. Meaning I watched last week's homework and this week's homework as much as I could. Nice. So let's go with the episode that I actually completely watched, which was uh, the the country music episode. So um, what are you guys' thoughts on the episode? Chris, you can take this one. Why, since I'm, since I'm a country music fan? <laughs> no, I'm... <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm yes, just... Actually. I'm just I, I'm just bouncing off of uh, what we were joking about last week. No, I, uh, yeah, so, um, again, I think really, I mean, there's a couple main takeaways from this episode. The first one being uh, there's nothing Rose MacGyver can't do, which (laughs) she proves here because she can also sing. Yeah. And, like, which I... And play guitar. Yeah, and and seemingly play guitar, yeah. And, uh... I never knew she could sing like that before, you know, before this episode. And I still remember when I saw the trailer for it back, 
back when it first premiered over, you know, over a year ago, I was like, oh, whoa, she's actually, okay, she's actually going to sing. And I'm not going to lie, rewatching it, I, I thought that song, you know, the little bit we hear of it was, like, absolutely lovely. And, like, I thought she had a really nice voice. And so, I just, again, just shows the versatility of of Rose and just, again, how important to have an actress like her is for the show. Without her, the show doesn't work, you know? Without her, you can't do any of these brains. You can't do um, all this fun stuff. And then I, the, the other main thing that... Um, I shouldn't say it took me by surprise because I remembered it happened, but just how kind of powerful it was were uh, the interactions between Liv and Major in this episode. Mm-hmm. And especially, I, I just love the scene when she comes, you know, into the house and she's tired of, of his crap and she calls him out on it all and just tells him, you know, I did the best I could. You know, you can keep hating me. I realize now that we're, you know, not supposed to be together. And in uh, in true country music fashion, and I, in true will they, won't they fashion as well for TV, you know, there's that push and pull throughout the episode. Obviously, it ends with them um, with them kissing and, and seemingly kind of falling back into their old habits. But but I think that that scene specifically when when Liv calls Major, you know, out on his because he's he's really been a dick. Mm-hmm. This, season up until this point and obviously she has no idea what he's going through with max rager but you know he's taking he's doing drugs he's being despondent and you know he he's he's never given any thought to how difficult it has been for her to go through this we see earlier on in the episode that peyton acknowledges that yeah she had to go away for a while she had to get a little bit away from the kind of shock value of of finding out that her best friend was a zombie but she's like, the main thing I thought about, Liv, was how difficult this was for you. And we never really see that from Major until at the end of the episode. Um, so seeing Liv, you know, part, partly because of the brain, I'm sure, but, but mostly that was mostly full her coming out there um, and, and, and yelling at him and, and kind of calling him out on his behavior. That, to me, was like the most satisfying moment from the episode. And I just... That was one of those scenes where, like, you know, because sometimes when you're rewatching an episode, you might be on your phone, whether you're jotting down notes or you're, you know, checking Twitter or doing whatever. But that was, like, one moment where I am, like, I was so just eyes glued for however many minutes that scene was. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite scenes from the show up until this point. I think it's probably one of my favorite scenes from the series, period. But, yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree with you, Chris. Like, for me, when I was watching this episode, right, I actually, like, for some reason, I wasn't that into it for the most part until that scene comes. Mm-hmm. And, and then it kind of, like, all, you know, like, it all just sort of falls into place. And, uh, and like you said, just the dynamic between them of how Liv, you know, like... She just like she's tried basically, and and like for Major, it definitely sucks because it's like yeah, he was definitely a dick for a while, and but even now it's sort of is like even now that he's sort of got over that phase, but now he's sort of trapped in the Max Rager situation, sort of, like you said, you know, and like and um and they draw like what I also liked about this episode is that you know Major like for him yeah he's like trapped and like uh, Peyton when she's interviewing the convicts at first the one is basically like oh there's no use in being free if it means you'll be be dead mm-hmm. and like that applies to Major in a sense also because you know you know like and he's sort of stuck in this position and it and it st- stinks because like he can't let live in but I love yeah at the end like you said the connection basically where you know Peyton she admits like she admits to her feelings and but she also says basically like you know how like what it what it, i can't imagine what it was like for you to go through what you've been going through and at the end you know in major's own way i feel like that you know he realizes like wow live at like what she thought was probably her like lowest scariest point in life couldn't tell anybody and like couldn't be and like it didn't have any outlets and i think you know and he realizes like that he is lucky enough to have her definitely and, and sean sorry i, I i'm like I, i'm just gonna add one thing real quick 
even Peyton quickly tells Liv too that she's like, I don't know who this person kind of is, but yes. it's not it's not major, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so in a way she kind of helps with their, you know, sort of healing of their relationship too, mm-hmm. and I and I like that, you know, everyone in this episode kind of realizes it. Peyton realizes it, Ravi realizes it, and Liv's been realizing it since the beginning of the season. Um, so I thought that was that was a nice touch. I mean, really, just how Peyton was used throughout this episode, I thought was uh, was really great too. Yeah, cause um, cause yeah, like yeah, like you said, it's great to see everybody sort of hit their breaking point with Major. And uh, but it it works, you know. Like it kind of, luckily for now, he uh, he realizes sort of that he needs to. He needs to change some stuff. I think it's ironic in this episode because, like, Liv and Major come back together, and at the same, and like everybody influences that, like you said, Chris. So like Peyton, but of course this is the episode where her and Blaine like come into contact, and I just like, and it just it bothers me right from the start because it's just like Peyton is a smart character. She's a smart woman, and. She is interviewing convicts, and literally one of the first things that Blaine says to her is, like, I want immunity for the crimes I am about to admit to. (laughs) Yet at the end, he makes, like, you know, one flirty, cutie line. Uh, Um, okay, I mean, I'm gonna let Sean pick up with this, but I actually didn't have as much of a problem with it this time around as I did last time. Um, and that's, and that's partially because he literally gives her like her, her whole case against Stacy boss against Mr. Boss. So I feel like she kind of buys into that. He has changed and is just a normal, good civilian. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm more willing to believe that. I mean, Sean, what do you, what about you? Like with, at least with that particular part, with the seeing the... this, yeah, yeah, seeing this like the third time around, I want to say, I definitely when I first saw it, I definitely was the really Peyton. You you know he's a bad boy, he's not gonna change. But after sort of watching it again and again and having conversations about it the second time I watched it, it. Mm-hmm. It still it still comes off as him. He knows how to game the system a little bit, but there's a bit of sincerity in it as well. Well, okay, yes, yes, which I is 100% weird. Agree. I do 100% agree with you there. And in fact, like one of the things I actually like made note of was the fact that it, you know, it's funny because this is probably the one time that he is being genuine in like his interest. Um, but still, I guess I feel like, um, I feel like I would, I would just like a a character like Peyton to me, I guess I feel like Blaine would have to work harder. Like, Uh, no, I, I get that, but like, it's more of a, it benefits him in such a way. It benefits him by taking Mr. Boss out of the picture and allowing him to do I get that. So it's a I scratching back that. situation. Like, I'll help you take down Stacy Boss so I can create a new utopian empire. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely ha, ha, ha. understand why he's Evil doing fingers, it. No, 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 no. I understand why he is, like, <laughs> going to the cops. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think, I just feel like, and I completely understand why he would flirt with Peyton, too. Like, that's his whole character. Who wouldn't? And, um... Uh. But no, I'm just saying, I think her character would, like, he would, basically, like, he would have to work a little harder. Yeah. I think this is, she isn't working, like, she's being the way she is because she knows that this is her big case. And she's not letting anything sort of be a roadblock because this is her way into the DA spot, like, into her promotion. And her being recognized as this, as the person who took down Stacy Boss. So she's sort of 
letting some slack into the reins a little bit. Because I, if she pushes too hard, she might scare Blaine away. Yeah, that's I, what I'm thinking is from her perspective. Okay, I get that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think Blaze what Blaze is more trying to say, and which I do kind of get in a, in a little bit is like even in right back when we were rewatching the first season, and like Liv makes such a big deal about how Peyton is so like picky about guys. Yes. It just kind of right. seems like, oh, like, and all of a sudden she, like, she even tells Liv that, like, oh, you would have liked this guy I met at work today. Like, it just kind of seems like she, it's almost too easy yes, that you literally took the words right out of my mouth just now. It just feels a yeah, little too easy to me. A little too convenient yes. that she and Blaine just like have this immediate connection. Yeah, I think what Blaze right. No, I, I get that. Like I'm saying, yeah, I... I'm saying, I think that he would have to like, like work harder. As in, like he would have to try more than once before she kind of is like, oh, you know what? Like I'm interested in this guy. Yeah, to earn like, her. Like you said, like Peyton, she, like she's a, you know, she is in like a tough business. She has to be a tough woman. Like, so I don't know. I just, it's just a little too. Or maybe convenient. Blaine's just, little, just that charming. It was just a little too convenient for me. But I but Blaine. but I agree with like what you're saying, Chris. Like I, in the long run, like it's not it doesn't bother me that much. But just well, yeah, it it, it definitely doesn't bother me as much as the first time because even then it kind of felt it felt a little forced then. But now again, I think too because even I think I said it might have been last week or in the prim- <sighs> season two premiere review. I kind of forgot how early on Stacy Boss is mentioned. And how quickly Blaine is like, oh crap! Like we gotta take him down. So to me, it just it just kind of came out of nowhere when I originally watched it. Whereas now rewatching it, I'm like, okay, Blaine has a clear intent, so it makes sense that he is kind of as sincere as he is because, as Sean said, and kind of as you and I have hinted at, Blaze, he he's he's doing it for himself because he gets something out of this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he can kind of. He can seem sincere in his efforts because he really does want Peyton to take him down. That way he can be the head utopian pusher. Um, but yeah, I I just think that her presence in this episode is, is really important and really welcome after her being gone for... I mean, it was really only a few episodes, but it, it feels like a while. You definitely feel her, her absence. And it was also... It was a nice touch that uh, in an episode all about relationships, they chose to introduce Basio. Yes, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> Clever move, though. Yeah, Sean, what do you... Uh, Basio makes an introduction, man. What do you think? Oh... The first time I thought nothing of it when I first watched it until further episodes down the line. But knowing how goofy this character is going to be in future episodes, it just made me really excited. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. No, definitely. Especially with the next episode. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Favorite part of next episode. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. I just always, you always kind of get that sense from her. Even like, uh, she makes the joke in this episode, right? I'm about about the about the candle. It's yeah, in, yeah. And just even from there, you kind of see, kind of what her sense of humor is like, and how she brings like she brings out a different side of Clive, which which I love, especially at the police station because at the at the at the station, all we see of Clive is, you know, he's a pariah. He's either always getting orders or he, you know, orders barked at him or he's getting, you know, told off for being a crappy cop or whatever. And now Basio comes in and we kind of really see him open up in a way that we never have before, you know, that he, he's kind of finally for the first time in a long time enjoying himself at work. And, it's really fun to see, and Malcolm Goodwin and Jessica Harmon, who plays Basio, they have just instant chemistry from the jump. And I mean, I, when we talk about the next episode, I can go into it more because they kind of have more. <laughs> they have more scenes together, 
But even from this first one, I still remember just being like, well, this is clearly set up as a love interest, but, like, it doesn't feel forced. So I'm all good with it because they just kind of pop on screen together. Yeah, no, I agree, Chris, because that's what, like, rewatching it this time, I love this because exactly like Clive, he's, like, really disconnected from the rest of the Force. Um, you know, even in a show like New Girl, for instance, like, they they give us scenes of, you know, Winston as he um, grows into, you know, his role and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, you know, this guy only ever interacts with... Liv and Ravi really and like you said you know he he hasn't really built up the biggest fan club um at the department um so it's it's yeah it's really refreshing and nice to see him kind of like like you said just be happy at work for once um it's definitely a nice change for sure (sighs) okay so is that any other thoughts for this episode? I mean, you guys pretty much hit everything I wanted to hit as well. Yeah, I was gonna. <laughs> th- there's nothing. There's nothing else you wanted to do that you wanted to touch on, or um, I mean, what? A, I guess the only other thing I can think of is like, well, it's two. One minor thing, which is just about despite what Blaine presents to Peyton. We see kind of how vicious he is with uh, with Gabriel, the mm-hmm. utopium dealer, yeah. dealer, which I thought was awesome because it's back to Blaine being like vicious Blaine, mm-hmm. and 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 so like Sean, I don't know, like what did what did you think of like what did you think of that? Because it's really the first time this season that we see Blaine be that kind of evil, like be as evil as he was in season one. It was actually absolutely hilarious um i kind of couldn't help but laugh when he like walked into the church and said you know whatever he said and he had some really great lines that i can't think of off the top of my head but they were absolutely hilarious and then you know just kind of beating him in the face with a book oh yeah no the one the one Even line when, when he I, when he sends him away yeah Oh my god! I love. Yeah, is it when he sends him away, or it might? I'm, I'm sorry. It might be from the next episode. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> I but, think but, it is actually. I don't care though. It's. I don't want to forget it now. It's such a good line where like he was like you know where he goes. My father, you know, father said I should. You know, my Lord above said I should not eat brains or whatever. And he just Blaine just looks at him and goes, "Is that from Corinthians?" Yeah. Or something? <laughs> Oh, no, that was from this episode, I think. Oh, it was? Okay. Because he gets, like, shoved out of the uh, the funeral home this episode to come back, I believe, or that in might the be following episode. episode. Yeah, I forget if that's at the start of the next one or not. Point is, it's in this discussion, and it's a hilarious line. And I totally <laughs> I totally get what you're saying with the... Blaine's, Blaine's one-liners in these two episodes are terrific. Top-notch. Yeah, they're always good. And... I think also, Sean, we'd be remiss to not talk about that Miner finally gets his name. Oh, yes, Mm. it is. I mean, Major still wants to call him Dog, but, (laughs) you know. It's like, oh, what's his name, Dog Miner? Uh, 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 No. (laughs) Yeah, and then, I mean, because Ravi gives him that, and then there's one other Ravi line, uh, Ravi moment I jotted down, which again kind of had me laughing really hard. And it was uh, <laughs> after Peyton walks in and says, you know, that she's going to be their roommate or like that she can live with them until her apartment gets fixed. And he's with uh, uh, Stephanie or Steph, whatever yeah. her name is, the girl he's with now. And she, Peyton leaves and she goes, like, that's the girl you used to date? Damn, player. And he just goes, no, I'm not high-fiving that. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I was like, oh, man, that is, like, a, again, a perfect Robbie. Robbieism. Yeah, that Rahul just, just nails. It's so, oh, God, it is so funny. Between him and Blaine with the one-liners in these two episodes, it's, 
It's well, pretty even great. the whole uh, interaction he had with Steph, with like, because she's like, "Oh, you had human pheromone on," and like, how, "Who do you know whose pheromones those are?" And he's like, "Well, it, it's we just go to the prisoners and go, hey, uh, could you just sweat sweat a bit into this bottle, please?" Or oh, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, it's it's the it's the that and uh, yeah, and that he jokes about it being the Hemsworth brothers. That, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a really good one too. And but... even when he's in, uh, when he's in the bar that Liv's playing, and he's like, he's like, oh, you don't want me to like, he's like, want to help me find a girl to play cowboy in the Indian. Yes, <laughs> right. That's right. This episode's one-liners were perfect. Yeah, that's and, right. Like the same to say with the next episode as well with uh, Liv's one-liners on the brain she's on. Definitely. And and I guess the one last thing just and we can wrap this up on this episode is um it is the fact that uh the way this episode, you know, how it wraps up the case I thought was really interesting. That, you know, lives brain what I love about this episode, right, is the brain lives on. It doesn't necessarily help her solve the case. It helps her deal with her own relationship with Major. So it's like none of the visions she has, yes, it points them in certain directions, but it's honestly by chance because they they recover the gun that they figure out that it was the same guy who who shot the convenience store clerk. Um, And I really like that when iZombie can kind of change it up where it's not always Liv has the – the one flashback that you know clicks everything in, or not the one flashback. I'm sorry, the one vision that clicks everything into place. I I, I forgot that that's how this episode. Ended I mean, technically up. a flash, technically a flashback. True, technically a flashback, <laughs> but but uh, someone yeah, else's flashback. So, but, exa- exactly, but I just I really love that this episode kind of changes the formula, and I don't know. It, it was a nice surprise because again, I kind of forgot about it. So watching it again, I was like, oh, right, is it the boyfriend? Or I was like, I forget who it is. And then I'm like, oh, that's right, it's it's none of them. And I was like, that makes it so much cooler. Because I love the conversation Liv has with, the uh, with uh, was it Russ is the boyfriend or whatever his name is? Um, yeah, I just, again, I I just, I really, again, maybe it's the country, country music lover in me, but I really like this episode a lot. And, uh, well, it was also, you know, Clive's always first one to point at the ex-lover and oh. it hasn't been the ex-lover mm-hmm. for since, like the past couple of times <laughs> i was gonna say since like episode two when he first points it out um <laughs> yeah exactly but uh but yeah no uh speaking of clive uh, i guess we should move on to the next episode because i have a lot to say about clive in this episode so <laughs> Oh, yeah. Episode five. Love and basketball. Yeah. One of those two things I know nothing about. Just take <laughs> just take a wild guess. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with my <laughs> gut here. Basketball. Yeah. It, yeah, I have no clue about basketball. It's just a bunch of sweaty men running back and forth on wood, dribbling a ball around. <laughs> squeaky shoes. Squeaky shoes. Uh, a lot of squeaky shoes, yeah. Nah, Can't forget I, about that. I played I played basketball for years, so I'm I'm pretty well versed. I was never that good, but I'm pretty well well versed in it. And I'm I always watch March Madness, but uh, but yeah. I don't do sports. <laughs> Fair enough. Unless those sports are Rocket League, uh, esports, or uh, um, what was that other one that I was about to just say? Uh, crud. Eh, forget about it. <laughs> There was another one that I had on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it now. Uh, maybe it'll come back <laughs> to you. If it does, I'll just... Whatever. No worries. But yeah, we had... A very, very, very... Fun little brain this time around. Uh, at least in my opinion. Just seeing the... like, Kind of like a drill sergeant in a sense kind of coach. Um, I mean, I kind of had to deal with that growing up uh long story short i always had the weird drill sergeant coaches for my sports teams that i now it, it's funny because i don't follow sports but i played them as a kid you know things happen uh, 
eh, you know, say lovey. Um, <laughs> but this whole episode's um, B plot has uh, Blaine and Ravi sort of working together, kind of, sort of, to get this cure underway. And, uh, well, it kind of blows up in their face towards the end, but oh, we'll get there it. when we get there. That scene, that scene's great. But... <laughs> that was the last part I watched, because I haven't 100% finished this episode. Because I have been dropping my phone a lot, and I've been watching on my phone. I just got my phone, so I'm trying not to break it. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you... Oh, sorry, I... I just wanted to say, well, since you saw that scene, I, I, I just, you know, I think it might be a good place to start, which is, you know, like you said, it's kind of this little side plot, but it leads to one of the best scenes in the episode, which, which is them, you know, uh, what's his name? Gabriel takes the wrong thing and, you know, it immediately kills him. And they realize, as Blaine even says it, like, you have, like, an instant zombie killer here. Oh, you found the anti-cure. Good job. Exactly. <laughs> and then how he was singing Friday I'm in Love by the cure earlier in the in the scene, and then the fact that they set their fight to it. It's just... It's, yeah, one, of those per, it's one of those perfect iZombie moments where you're just, like... You just shake your head and you think, those creators, those bastards, they knew exactly what they were doing. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I completely... I, like, am... I was... I'm not sure when which year did this episode come out. I can actually tell you the exact date. It came out on November fourth of twenty fifteen. Okay, nice. That makes me feel a little better. Because I just I was so shocked that I completely forgot about this scene because I think Oh it, you did. Okay. Because I think well I or at least that it was in this episode, like I just yeah. wasn't expecting it. Um but I knew, you know, as soon as like you said he comes in singing the song, I was like, oh, I was like, that's this episode, yes. And uh, I, it's easily, like, a top, f- a top five moment for me from season two, probably. Um, what, it's, what a major, what a major yeah, list if yeah, it happened. Yeah, and that's what yeah. at first, that's why I asked at first. I was like, oh, no, I was like, did I forget? And it was in 2016. Um, but it wasn't, luckily. But, no, yeah. It was, it was before the superhero episode. So, we're good. Yeah, but but yeah, it's like you said, it's just one of those perfect eye zombie moments. Yeah, I uh, okay. yeah, I, I mean, Sean, you're the one who kind of brought up the Blaine and and Ravi stuff. Uh, is there anything else besides that scene that really kind of stands out to you about them in this episode? I mean, it's really the only interaction between the two of them this episode. Oh, that's uh, right. We do cause... have a because um, D- what's Donnie. his face? Donnie brings Donnie. Donnie. I, I get the oh, mixed up in my head all the time. He's like, "Here's the Utopium. Uh, boss wants it pronto." That's right. I forgot. Yeah, you're you're right. I for some reason I thought it was I forgot and thought it was Blaine that brought it to him. Yeah. No, the only other like we had a few, we had a little bit of Blaine here and there. Um, the the uh, the one that came to mind was when Gabriel came back in and was like, "Oh, my Undertaker, he's done." And Gabriel looks all disheveled, like he's been out in the wilderness all night, which he probably was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still hasn't think... eaten a brain, so he's slowly descending into madness. I think that's where he says the Corinthians line. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, "Enjoy your 40." Oh, that's at the end. That's at the end of the episode four. Yeah. Where he goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mix. I mix the two up. That's my fault. Because yeah, when they were drilling him into the coffin last episode, the I think that was when he said the Corinthians line, like after they like he was zombified and they got him out and was like, "Well, yeah, so." Like something to that extent, but this one, he's like full gray hair. Hello, Sean. No. Oh, looks like the police sirens are going off in the background. You just cut out there. Yeah, you you cut out. Ah. Did I did I say? 
did I say my piece on you the not. employee entrance <laughs> never being used? Oh, okay, the employee entrance never seems to be used when it needs to be. It's always used when no one's there, and the regular entrance is used when people are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say that's a good catch. That move yeah, along. Yeah, that's right. Before my internet decides to give out. <laughs> it's all. It's all good. If to any of our listeners, if if Sean cuts out at any point, it's it's internet's fault, not his. Um. <sighs> but uh. But. but uh, but yeah, I I mean that's definitely a, a fun part of the episode for sure. Um, I, uh, I I do want to bring it back around to Cl- Clive if that's cool. Um, because, yeah, no, bring it back because I want to talk about that as well. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean obviously there's the fun stuff with him and Basio which we can talk about in a minute, but I I kind of more want to talk about the scene where he beats the crap out of the abusive father. Um, because Ugh. that's never touched on again in the season. Yeah, dude. And to me, because I feel like, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Rob Thomas and uh, Diane Ruger, uh God, I can never pronounce her last name, and I always feel bad. Diane Ruggiero? Ruggiero, right. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure they said that they had more, they had plans to explore more of Clive's backstory in season two, but it ended up being so packed that they couldn't. And I'm wondering if we're going to get that in season three, because I feel like that's not him just being like a cop watching out for a kid. That's a guy who came from an abusive household, making sure it doesn't happen to another kid. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Like it definitely, it definitely hit home for me because I, I had something like that up until, oh, geez, almost 10 years ago at this point. Um, yeah. It's been 10 years since, well, give or take, because I still had to see him because of after the whole divorce thing. I still had to see him for a couple of years after that. But um, it just made me feel warm and fuzzy inside when Clive punched him in the face several times, not just the once. Like, he just grabbed his finger and just clobbered his face in. And I'm just like, oh, I needed that. Especially when it aired, uh, yeah, because it was 2015, so, yeah, no, that was November of 2015, so that was before I, yeah, no, that, okay. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I agree with you. <laughs> it's like... getting a little too personal. Uh, no, I mean, I... I agree, though. I think this episode, like, for me, it really stood out because it was nice to see Clive, like, be a badass and, you know, see something touch him personally and have him, kind, you know, like, really not care. He steps outside of his job. Like, he could, you know, he puts everything on the line there for something that he believes in. And I remember Chris, like, uh, specifically, I feel like we probably talked about it, but I told somebody like I remember specifically wanting like wow that you know I'd really love to like I already wanted to see Clive's backstory but this just made it a lot more interesting um so I really hope that they decide to touch on that and kind of give uh that the attention it deserves I really hope that doesn't get um definitely definitely And, and going back to something you know Sean touched on about it kind of connecting with people. I think that's all in Malcolm Goodwin's performance too. Like that is, he just does such a good job of like, this is something we've seen on other police shows or other types of shows, but he just does such a perfect job of kind of showing, of showing not only, you know, Clive's like strength there and his, and, and, and his anger. But like, I, I think the real sadness, uh, too, which I just thought was just perfectly, you know, perfectly portrayed. And and then it's funny, right? Because they give us that scene, which is so emotional and kind of powerful. And then, as Sean, you talked about before, we have Basio doing the Austin Powers thing while Clive's in in the uh, 
in the uh, in the office with the I guess the captain or I forget what the rank is. She's a lieutenant. Lieutenant, thank lieutenant. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to talk about this part, so I'm gonna toss that over to you. It it was just goofy, like it was supposed to be a very serious moment, and she sees that it's a serious moment and just goes all out to mess him up. But the way he recovered when she when the lieutenant was like, Art, is this funny to you? Is something funny? He's like, Uh yeah, yeah, um I just seen this uh funny vine cat walking on two legs and the lieutenant just kind of gives him a weird look and shoes him away essentially uh like okay just get back to work yeah yeah just 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 leave leave the case as it is go work on the case you're working on and just get back to work (laughs) Yeah, I think it's funny, too, because, again, it shows sort of, like, what we touched on about last episode. Just, like, now Clive's having fun at work, and, like, he almost is, like, a little kid. Like, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks, you know? He's fine being looked at and people thinking, like, he's weird because, you know, he's got Bazio now. It's fun. It's definitely, like, a cute, really cute and how they handle it. Yeah, dude, I... This episode was, like, immediately... I mean, I liked them in, the, in, in their first episode, uh, in their first episode, in, in episode four, but um, but this is really when I was just like, all right, I'm totally on board for this relationship. Like you said, I mean, cute's actually, I mean, it's the perfect way to describe. Them. They're like, the interactions just feel so natural and they're just so fun to watch. And then you also have, and I just again, I just, I, I love. I love her doing the the shtick outside the window because again it makes me think of Austin Powers and mm-hmm. I I love that movie uh, the the original at least is pretty is still so great but uh, but then you got we also have like she mentions about the hair of Alan York in the Me Cute um, drain or the Me Cute pipes and then Clive gets the brain at the end of the episode mm-hmm. as well. And so we have the kind of fun, cute dynamic of their relationship in this episode, and we also get a hint at what's to come with the two of them working together on the Miku case and what will eventually happen later in the season, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, again, was one of those things where I was like, wow, all right, yeah, I forgot episode five. Like, we're already starting this. And it's, again, I just forgot how quickly... How fast-paced, even though this season's 19 episodes compared to last season being 13, just how much happens at the beginning of this season. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and uh, just one last, I, it's th- I think it's really, I mean, you guys chimed in here too, I think it's really exciting when Clive gets the brain there at the end. Because I still remember being like, oh, wow, this means that... Uh, this means that he's going to be coming in soon to figuring out about zombies and hell yes, that's going to be great. Yeah. We're on our way. Definitely. It is the cogs are beginning to turn in Clive's head. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Cause it comes from uh, Suzuki's widow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to remember the the uh the zombie cop's name. But uh but yeah. And uh Yeah. I Anything just, else? I think uh, for me another thing that I really like about this episode is is that um I really like that we see sort of like major you know, I th- I think it's a nice parallel so like last episode um you know, we saw everybody sort of kind of give uh, Major, you know, kind of like try to knock Major out of his funk um, in just like blunt upfront ways. And I thought it was nice um, how this episode, you know, we get to see Major sort of do the same thing to all these other characters. Um, and he starts sort of resisting a little and kind of more so snapping back into his normal uh, normal self, uh, just how, like, he, like, he goes into the, 
you know, he wakes up and with Rita, he like he's just like tired of sort of like the power struggle and like the power game she tries to play with him when he like when she like calls him into the office and everything. And then how um he's like completely appalled just by the way the doctor is like talking about zombies and the environment he's in. And um so I don't know, I just think it, it was a nice episode to see him sort of react and be on the opposite end of the conversations he like had to hear the episode before. Uh, I I'd agree with that, and I would also add that watching him and Liv kind of dance around the "Are we friends? Are we back to being something more than friends?" Mm-hmm. was was really fun, and even Liv's line about like uh, and near the beginning of the episode about like. Um, she says something along the lines about like, like there's no stopping horny boys, and she's like, once you, once all the blood starts going back to your head, you can actually think. Like, I I kind of love that after Liv has wanted to be with Major for so long, she has to kind of be the sensible one here, and yet she still finds the best way possible. Yeah, they can't have sex. Yeah, they might not be able to kiss. Um, but she can find the best way to kind of express her love for him is by trying to get him to coach this team. So it will help him kind of get out of the funk um, that he's in. Uh, Funk's kind of a a mild word for what it's been. But, uh, and I also think, you know, his conversation to her in this episode where, you know, that he says he doesn't want to be just friends that, you know, he wants to be with her because she makes him a better man. That's another great Liv Major scene. I mean, this is back-to-back now, where this is another great moment between them. And to be honest, he's not only right, but it also makes complete sense that after everything he's gone through with Rita slash Gilda, he, you know, and these people that have been dragging him down and bringing him down, he sees this kind of hope with Liv that she always brings out the best in him because she knows him so well. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know. I just love all their moments in this episode. Um, from from something you know that's more serious, like that conversation, to even when she's like, "Okay, like we're gonna watch Hoosiers," and he, and he's like, "What? I've been trying to get you to watch that for years." And you know, it's because she's on the basketball coach brain, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's just, I mean, Rose and, and Robert Buckley just have, you know, such a great chemistry, and uh, I, it's just, it's really fun to watch, watch them reconnect in this episode, both as friends and, you know, and as, as you know, possibly a couple. I uh, won't, won't, won't spoil what happens for people who haven't finished season two yet, but uh, yeah, I just. I don't know. I really loved watching the two of them in this episode. And aside from the Clive stuff, I'd say that was my favorite part of it was was their their kind of back and forth. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Okay. I mean I Yeah, I mean we pretty much hit I mean other than the uh we talked about the basketball practice right how she ran them like dogs uh yeah we you touched upon it which again another great great scene how Liv reacts when they're all laughing at her and then just on a dime it's just like oh yeah you think i won't run you and then the next cuts to the next scene and it's them doing them just running yeah i don't miss that nor, nor do i nor do i uh and then the one last thing I would mention, just because, not that it has anything big or meaningful, but it's such a little fun scene that they didn't have to throw in there, is when they have to go uh, to Tacoma, and Ravi and his, uh, the guy he beat oh, out for the, yes. and, and the guy he beat out for the job, <laughs> and they're kind of back and forth. It's just, a, it's oh. just yeah, it's just another really? It's just another excuse for Rahul to, to kind of, you know, show off his comedic chops. And they're, you know, the kind of barbs they trade throughout that scene. It's just, 
it's just another great moment of comedy. And again, as I've said, and as we've all said so many times, I think that's what makes iZombie such a special show is that it can mix all these elements together. We have the, the big emotional moments from Clive and from Liv and Major, but then we get then we get a scene that's as like random and as goofy as that, and it all still somehow works. And I, it's it's a great it's an amazing feat that the show pulls off. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I think that covers it. I mean, I definitely love that scene as well. <laughs> Just yeah. seeing him be as snarky and as sassy as possible. It's just he, perfect. He does it really. He plays it really well. Seriously. He, the the the, the one the crazy thing about Rahul is, he's able to like you said be sassy and snarky, but he never comes off as a jerk. Like he never makes Ravi come off in any like type of mean spirited way, and I think that's tough to pull because some characters can kind of come off smug. Uh, when they do that too much, you know, a little too full of themselves, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's a, again, it's a credit to to how he plays this character, I think. And I hope we see more of that next season. Like, I'm sh- I'm sure we will, especially just to other zombies, just with the snarky questions. So is it yeah. like that every day? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree. I'm sh- I'm sure we will. I'm, I'm sure we will. Uh, definitely, we'll have to see more of him, especially with uh, when they interact with Fillmore Graves. But we still got we still got nine weeks nine weeks to wait. We are nine weeks away. So don't remind me. I'm in week two of the semester. But why, Chris? Why? Sixty three nah. days to be exact, boys. Now nah, we're closing days. in. It's exciting. It is. It really is exciting. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Oh, man, it's just getting closer and closer with each day. Counting it down, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so I guess it's time for our uh, shameless plug section of the podcast. It's everyone's favorite part. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. <laughs> so, Chris, take it away. Uh, all right, let me shamelessly tell you that you guys can find me at Seekinger13 on Twitter. Um, I've been uh, I do reviews for Arrow, New Girl, Super uh, Super. Wow, what am I talking about? Arrow, Supergirl, and New Girl. There's two girls there, that's why. <laughs> and uh, and um, and Homeland right now, and then I'll be reviewing Eye Zombie when it comes back in April as well. Uh, all those reviews are on TVOverMind.com. If you go to my profile, there's like a link to my author page if you want to go back and look at any of my old iZombie reviews or anything like that. Um, and yeah, feel free, you know, if you guys follow me or anybody else on here, you know, and you want to interact with us guys, feel free to tweet at us and, and give us a shout. We're more than happy to respond. Um, and just again, as I always say, thank you so much for listening and supporting the pod- podcast. It means the world. So. Blaze, you can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Uh, handle the Flash for TV Overmind. I got Agents of Shield review coming out. I cover Man Seeking Woman, and uh, I do some uh, comic reviews over at the Marvel Report. Alrighty, and you can find me on Twitter at Snarky Sean. That's where I post a variety. Of things ranging from the TV shows I'm watching to even sometimes live tweeting how slow it is at work. There was that one day where I did, and uh, man, was that day slow. <laughs> that was when, that that was an enthralling thread to follow. I actually I I, I didn't follow it, but I'm. I'm <laughs> well, it was more of all right. Another 15 minutes has passed. No one's still shown up. Water is still falling from the sky. Stay tuned for more. Uh, recently, I live-tweeted me watching Yo Gabba Gabba, because that was a homework assignment I had. So you find all my crazy live-tweets there of the TV shows I'm watching <laughs> for school, because, oh boy, it's a very interesting semester. 
Um, I'm also the pop culture editor over at the Marvel Report. I handle basically video games, uh, merchandise, and the like, as well as my animation reviews and occasional news pieces every now and again when no one is available. Andy, our fearless overlord, both here at the DC TV podcasts and over at the Marvel Report, will occasionally just throw things at me and hope they stick to my face. Just like, here's a news piece! <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, and then I have another podcast. That episode still hasn't come out yet, so i got to figure out when we're getting that one up and out there, because it's, it's been a while. I had the technical issues, and then we re-recorded. Don't know what's up with that. Um, that's the Geekishly Toku podcast. It's where I talk about everything else you want to hear me talk about, including insane time travel theories and developing a multiverse theory for the Power Rangers universe, which is already a big undertaking as is. <laughs> and as always, you can find this podcast on Twitter at iZombieRadio and Facebook.com slash iZombieRadio. Uh, questions, concerns, comments, whatever... Uh, email us at iZombieRadio at gmail.com and we are on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, etc. Um, just search us up and you'll find us. And uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes because Please do. as it stands, no one has. Come on, so guys. Please. You guys like us, right? Please? Someone? Please? Even if you don't like us, just go take a review. Uh, hopefully it's positive, though. Uh, five stars only, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Any feedback is welcome. We'll uh, take we four. Are... We'll take four. <laughs> Maybe. Depending. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're kidding, obviously. Uh, but we are also part of the greater DC TV podcast network. So if you like any of the other DC shows over on the CW, with the exception of, I don't think we have a Riverdale podcast. So other than that, because Riverdale is technically Archie. Uh, there's, there's something. I don't know if it's part of DC TV podcast. Uh, that's probably the Thunderquack network, which is our sister network that has Arrow, our Arrow podcast, the Quiver podcast, as well as many other podcasts. But uh, we've got podcasts for Supergirl, for Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Gotham, DC movies, classic DC shows, and uh, us. And you can find them on Twitter, at DCTV Podcasts. Uh, basically everywhere else on the internet at DCTV Podcasts, and uh, subscribe to the Mega Feed to basically get everything, if you are a fan of everything. And yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a week. <laughs>